Welcome to the Marketing Growth Podcast. I'm Shane Barker, your host for the show. And Nearside's Timothy Wu is back with us to discuss how to tackle negative customer feedback and use it to formulate your growth strategy. Before I begin, I just wanted to remind you guys that Nearside was formerly known as Hatch. This episode was recorded before the rebranding, so we're still using the name Hatch. Just so you know, we're still talking about Nearside. Okay, now that we've got that clarified, let's get started. What about customer feedback? Because I want to talk about that. Because obviously, you can get people in the door, right? And and that's that's what's not a problem. I mean, you know, but the idea is, is to be able to keep them right and be able to understand, like to do surveys and do certain things to to better understand what your customers need. And you've kind of talked about that because you guys are building out an, a little an area here, right? You're saying, listen, there's some need here, and we're we're kind of defining this and we're we're putting this thing together right now. And I just want to talk about customer feedback and like what that what that exactly means. And so customer feedback obviously ties going to tie directly into a good customer experience. So like, what is your, what is your definition of good customer experience? So we get them in the door. We once again, treat them like royalty. Like what is this? What is your definition there? Yeah. So I think for us in our business model, good customer experience and good customer service. Uh, well, sorry, let me, let me actually break this up a little bit. There's like yeah. a certain portion, which is like, Hey, I have a question or an issue and you know, you, you want some sort of feedback and, and that sort of thing um, from, you know, somebody on the team, right? Usually you want to you want to talk to somebody on the phone, or if you prefer not to, you do like emails and that sort of thing. Um, and then customer experience, I think I'll kind of decouple those topics a little bit. Yeah. Um, interestingly for us, I think as a product, we are, you know, <clears throat> for the ideal customer experience is actually, we're almost like a sidecar for them, where we are just this invisible presence that they know that they should be able to trust um, and be able to just like depend on for their money, you know, bring deposits into your account, uh, send money out like uh, reliably and in a timely manner, um, and then you know if they're you know u- utilizing a line of credit product or um, you know future you know loan uh, sort of products, um, you know it's just they apply, they can qualify, they can get approved, and then the money hits their bank account in a really quick fashion. So these are also these are actually all parts of the experience where it's like our challenge is to actually create a product that is super stable, like is safe for us on kind of like a risk and a fraud side of course yeah uh, but it also just kind of like works seamlessly in the background because um one of the things and i'll kind of tie it to the, the service portion here is that uh the more that we talk to our customers um and we do it quite often you know our cs team is on the phone with folks every day our product team is um and even a part of our engineering or they you know will shadow calls once in a while or actually conduct their own sort of like user interviews the one thing that we hear from, especially you know, this profile of um, you know entrepreneurs and, and micro SMBs is that ain't nobody got time for for anything. You know, like the last thing that like a small business owner wants to do when they're playing HR, operations, marketing, sales, and product development for themselves is to have to like work with um, you know like waiting on you know their bank and or their uh, financial services that they're working with or spend time with us on the phone when they need to reach us, like that sort of thing. So um, I think for the customer experience side, it's just like trying to keep that as streamlined for them as possible and, you know, provide on some of the, the layered value that we've had. Like we haven't really talked about that, but, you know, like things like cashback awards is like a really big part of our program, uh, access to ATMs, like wherever they need to go and not necessarily have to, you know, visit a branch. Like those are all just like, I think things that we're trying to optimize for, uh, for the benefit of the small business owners. Um, yeah, in, in terms of the customer service side, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's all things that we as humans and consumers love about customer service, right? It's like, uh, if you do have an issue, you want to be able to get a hold of somebody very quickly, 
You want them to know what they're talking about. You want them to be empathetic to your situation. Yeah. And then you want them to be knowledgeable about like the thing that you're asking for. So the way that we've you know been able to recreate that a little bit is um, you know there's kind of following you know for the customer service industry um, you know more and more I think all sort of customer service centers and you know from products at the startup level to you know like really large banks um, you know you have certain sort of like levers and certain touch points that you have with customers in terms of service right so usually you go to a website usually you find uh, like a help or a chat bot that will help you like direct your inquiry. And then some, you eventually you get to like a phone number that you can call and there's usually like a phone shoot and stuff. So we're kind of like on our end, you know, we're, we're working with the components that are available to us from like a, a standard practice for customer service. But, um, you know, we're trying to figure out like, okay, can we get deflection a little bit better by asking um, or prompting the right questions inside of our chat bot? Um, you know, and eventually when they get connected to an agent, does it get routed to somebody who's like an expert in, in that sort of field? Um, still a lot of improvements on our end that we're trying to work for, but again, it's just as long as you're tapping up, uh, tapping on those sort of components that I talked about, um, that to me is like good customer service. It's, it's like, it's efficient and it's, again, it's, it's your, you're accomplishing something uh, with at least like as few touch points as you absolutely need, so. I think that's the point is that what they're, what you, what you're really saying is that you guys are, you want to be a stable platform for a, for a business, right? Because at the end of the day, the business, as you said, they're president, secretary, treasurer, they're this customer service, they're everything, right? And what, what you guys are looking to do is be the stability of being the bank behind it and saying, listen, like we're, we're going to make sure this is solid for you, right? Because we don't want you to have to this, have this headache, right? And that's what I think we look at as consumers, or I look at it things like, you know, think of like, uh, as an example, it'd be like a good mechanic. Like, you know, in life, when you have, we've been times we've been screwed over by a bad mechanic, whatever that is, or you get overcharged for whatever this is. When you find a good mechanic, you're like, ah, I'm going to hold on to this person for life. I think that's what you guys are looking to be is that good mechanic where you're like, hey, you don't have to worry about this. Like, don't, we're going to, we're going to take care of the backside of this for you guys to make sure that everything is good so that you can deal with the other things that you're going to deal with on a daily basis as an entrepreneur, whatever that is, whether that's marketing or sales or, you know, whatever. And so I think, I think that's awesome. I think, cause the thing is, is you guys obviously will have a lot lower attrition rate knowing that, you know, Hey, these things on the backside, this is already taken care of. People aren't looking for Cause nobody wants to switch banks and cards and stuff. It's, you know, I mean, usually the attrition rate should be low. It's the same like with hosting companies at the end of the day, it's like, you don't really want to switch, right? It's like, I don't, unless it's really, really bad. And so I think you, and you guys seem like you guys are holding that bar really high, which I think um, is really, which is interesting. So Timothy, please allow me to take a minute here to tell our listeners how my team and I can help them keep their customers engaged. If you want to write engaging marketing copy or optimize your website for sales, reach out to me at shanebarker.com. That's S-H-A-N-E-B-A-R-K-E-R.com for fully managed marketing services. And now back to the conversation with Timothy. And I know you, you had talked a little bit about um, like customer feedback and we talk about like qualitative versus quantitative. Yeah. Can you touch on that? Some of the, like some of the ways that you, when you guys collect that, that customer information and what you guys, how you guys disseminate it? Yeah, absolutely. So I think on a quantitative side, um, you know, we have a, a pretty, um, I'd say standard sort of data stack. You know, I think uh, we use um, analytics and tracking tools like Amplitude, uh, Google Analytics for our website. Um, we also, you know, <clears throat> like, consolidate all the data, like throw it into dashboards. There's a bunch of, you know, dashboards for every component of our, our business, right? Like on the marketing growth side, um, on the CS and operation side, um, you know, we, we pretty much like try our best to just feed as many data sources into these consolidated dashboards as much as possible. So even again, on the a customer service front, uh, just knowing how many times certain customers are you know, calling in and, you know, what the volume of 
um, you know, calls coming into our team is on, on the regular is like super important. Um, in terms of like starting to tip into more of like the qualitative side of things, um, understanding our user behavior is uh, super, super important. So um, one of the tools that I've actually just found out in my time here at Hatch uh, that I didn't realize was a thing was um, a, you know, this is, a, this is an endorsement for them, but you know, I don't actually work with them directly is we have a really interesting tool in place called Full Story, uh, which is actually like a combination of, um, since, you know, it's a marketing podcast, I assume like heat maps um, are just really big for, um, you know, any, any sort of like web marketer, right? So um, Full Story does this thing actually, where it's not just heat maps, but they also um, you know, pretty much like record user sessions um, mm. of people who are actually going through your, your product and then like, what are they clicking on here and there? Like you can actually see the behavior of your users. So you don't just get kind of like a, you know, nice colored map of like, oh, where yeah. are they the most? You can actually see like, they're clicking here and here and here. And you can actually see a lot of uh, what a user is doing. There's like hilariously a whole view called rage clicking um, where it's you know, people who are super frustrated and just like expecting like, you know, a link or like a piece of text to be a button. Um, and, you know, that's, that's super insightful, right? Um, and so that's a little bit more qualitative, but, you know, still quantitative because, you know, there's very little sort of interaction needed. It just kind of is collected and, and does its thing on the background. Um, in terms of like actual qualitative feedback, um, you know, a few of the things that we, we like to do um, is, you know, the thing I mentioned before is just the product interviews, uh, exit surveys, just Anywhere where if um, a user or a customer takes some sort of action, we at least like try to understand what it is. Usually it's around cancellations or sort of yeah. I'd like to close my account sort of requests. Um, but we try our best to be proactive about it too, where it's um, it doesn't have to be the moment that they actually, you know, uh, decide to close their account or or ask for a suspension or something that we like finally reach out to them. So, you know, we, we kind of do it on like a quarterly basis where it's like, okay, let's just send out a wave of emails that just like gets people yeah. on the phone with us. Um, so there's there's those aspects. And I think um, for the marketing aspect that I, I actually really, really like is, um, you know, qualitative feedback is, is super important because, um, you know, I think in the sort of lens of like startups and, and, um, and product uh, based companies, you know, we're all super fixated on like, what feature can we build to like best <laughs> yeah. serve this customer, right? But a lot of times there's a lot of nuance in what customers are asking for. And it's kind of a, it's a difficult thing if we just like literally built out like the laundry list of like what every single person wants because it's kind of impossible to balance, right? So yeah, um, I think like on the marketing side, what I actually really have enjoyed uh, doing recently is um, actually bringing in um, some of our customers to actually uh, with more of like a, I guess like marketing storytelling sort of like brand narrative projects mm -hmm. so we have this whole series called the smb spotlight series um and we've done sort of like podcast style interviews where we yeah. just sit down and we ask them these very same types of questions like how did you get started how did you know that you wanted to quit your nine to five and just like actually ask them about their day um yeah. about like what they're doing and kind of like what they're working towards so we've done that in like a video format where it's like, you know, mini documentary style. We've done like the sort of like, yeah, phone interview podcast stuff. Um, and we've tried our best to actually weave that into our own content marketing as well. So not only, you know, say we do like one of these interviews and we have like a, you know, a video and a transcript and a blog post come out of it. Not only are we really like just fixated on just telling the person's story, we're also asking them questions on like, you know, you as a small business owner, what have your struggles been? And our hopes is that 
with content like that, we'll be able to just like, you know, put that out in the world and actually get more of our customers to just learn from each other. So it's kind yeah, of like- It's educational. It is, yeah. And it's, it's, you know, part of like the whole growing the pie sort of thing. It's just like, if you actually have like small business owners, um, be, you know, very candid and transparent about like the things that they're working on, what excites them, what worries them, like other people can learn from that and they can, yeah. you know, eventually, you know, uh, learn from pitfalls and just avoid mistakes. Yeah. And they resonate with it, right? That's the thing is they resonate with it. And if there's something that you can tell me or a business owner can tell me that will help it. So I'm not, don't make that $10,000 mistake or whatever that may be. Like, I think there's huge value in that because I think people do want to also hear the story because the problem is I think being an entrepreneur, what I know with, you know, having students and other times like, Hey, why do you want to be an entrepreneur? They're like, well, cause I want to make, you know, I want to make a million dollars. I want to own a restaurant and then I want to go golf. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, that's cute. But yeah. that's like not the reality of being an entrepreneur. Like you understand like, all right, I just, I don't want to have a boss. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, you know, owning a restaurant, like every person that walks in that door is your boss. Like they're mm -hmm. going to tell you how you need to do things differently. Like, so I think it's that perception of like, you know, of like what, what it means to be an entrepreneur and what, what it takes to be able to, to make that happen, I think is, is intriguing. But I love the fact that you guys are, are, are showcasing those stories. Right? I think that's important for people to hear because the ups and downs are going to be there. Like, so I just tell people like, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it, right? We would all be entrepreneurs, would be super easy. You open up your business, you make tons of money, you hire somebody to count it. You go to Tahiti, you have your exotic cocktails. That's, I guess that's how it always ends, right? No, it's not. Like there's so many struggles that happen in the in-between, which I think is important because then it's relatable. You know, because there are points in, in our career as entrepreneurs where we go, man, this is, this is hard, man. I got a lot going on right now. And it's like, you talk to another entrepreneur says, hey, listen, been there, done that, man. Like you're gonna like your, but the thing is just, the reason why it's hard is because it's you're going through a growth phase, right? Mm -hmm. You got to figure this thing out. Like, what is that next step? And being able to relate with other entrepreneurs and having like that support group. And I love it. The product is just behind the scenes. Like, this is like, hey, let's get together and you know build this community. Oh, and by the way, we have this product that actually fits in very well with what you do. But I love that you guys are going on more of the education side of things, which I think is needed for entrepreneurs because there's so many moving pieces and we weren't born entrepreneurs, right? For the most part, unless your parents were entrepreneurs, you saw some of that. You know, but I know when I graduated from college and I'm not going to give you what year that was, but it was a long time ago. There was one class for entrepreneurship, one class. Yep. And I was already an entrepreneur and I was just in there doing it. And I'm like, I didn't, there was no, you know, courses. There was no nothing. I was just in there grinding away at this thing and going, man, this is what I want to do. So mm -hmm. anyways, enough about that. But so what do you think, what do you, I want to talk a little bit about customer feedback and growth, right? Because I think you've kind of talked about that, how those things play in together. So how does customer feedback, like, what should businesses, how should they use their customer feedback to, to drive growth? Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, I hope I hope I can kind of give like a simple of a, a response here <laughs> for like what, what could potentially be a very complex answer. It um, is, yeah. You know, again, it's like, I, I kind of mentioned it before, but it's like, to me, it's not like as easy as simply saying like, okay, people want this thing, they're asking for it, go build the thing, right? Like you have to assume that, you know, everything that somebody wants uh, just right off the bat in, in its most sort of like literal form um, has some type of meaning or some type of pain point that you're trying to yeah. solve. So yeah, yeah. hopefully like if you want to abstract that out and say like, okay, well, I want a uh, integration into like my accounting system. What are they really asking for? They're actually asking for a way for them to save time. Yeah. What they don't want to do is like pull down a bunch of transactions and yeah. like data entry into their spreadsheets or anything like that, right? So. I think like that's the challenge um, and in terms of like using product feedback to unlock growth, there's, um, you know, again, kind of getting now into the complicated phase. It's like, okay, well, the thing they asked for, what's the pain point that they're trying to solve for? 
also is there like uh, other folks in our, our you know, customer base who are asking for that same thing cool do some analysis on like you know are uh, you know a certain percentage of people like either asking for the thing or displaying sort of behaviors that uh, would lead us to believe that they're asking for things again for this particular trend, uh, sort of example it's just you know how many times are people hitting that download transaction button right yeah like reasonably asking you what what are they going to do with it afterwards um, then after that you know when we figure out like okay well uh, when we want to actually funnel resources into it and you know put engineers and designers and like marketing folks into promoting this thing we have to also think about like what is the sort of like opportunity size here um and so for example like again i'm just gonna i, I really like the tangible sort of examples because it yeah. helps anchor these these things but um from there it's like okay if we're building an uh, accounting system integration who are like the top five like the most used integrations right like we could run out and, and build you know like direct um integrations into like smaller sort of like um you know just getting started sort of accounting systems but it doesn't make sense for us to just like build for the largest ones right yeah. it's 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 an interesting challenge and it kind of like it's a mixture of like you know taking what the customers are, are asking for through the feedback channels and then determining you know like how is this actually helping their pain points and then there's a whole bunch of like sort of resource or sorry research and due diligence that we have to do on like data side and market side to just like determine like hey this is actually where we could go because we could help as many customers as possible because um, there's one aspect of like helping the current customers we have but we can kind of extrapolate that and say like okay well if we're helping like a, a large portion of our customers we can assume that there's like a whole market of folks who are looking for certain things like that so yeah that, hopefully that so, was like pretty straightforward but my brain was going no, to directions no i get it no i mean that that's the hard part we i do the same thing when i call discovery calls for clients like what what you do is they'll go and they'll tell me oh i need this 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 and this but i know it's not really what they need what they actually need is this right so it's understanding what people say is one thing but it's also really disseminating what exactly what that means, right? So I love that you, you're looking at you, the example that you use is like really what they're looking to do is to save time, mm -hmm. right? Like that that's their pain point. But what they're looking to do is because it's just a headache because it takes an hour of their day. So once we, what we need to do is figure out what is going to be that solution to save that hour of the day and what is it going to entail to be able to be able to do that. And so I think that's that's the hard part is like when you have all this information coming in, as you said, we can go build 15 new features. But the problem is is what is the feature that that more people are going to actually be in need of, and how is that going to benefit them? Knowing that eighty percent of these people that it needs to be a time saver for them, right? Like, how are we taking care of that solution? So, I love it how you have to kind of break it down, right? We got to kind of assess what people are saying and find out if they're, you know, if they're crazy or if it's possible, right? And what exactly what is that? How's that going to look like? And if we can implement it on the back end to, to be able to make it happen. So, I love that. So, how do you guys deal? And this is kind of interesting. This is more on the customer experience. I like. How do you guys deal with unhappy customers? Like if you get somebody that comes, obviously you're dealing with people's money. So there's a, a, probably a lot of emotions involved. How do you guys deal with a situation like that? I'm kind of curious. Um, yeah, you know, don't want to speak for like uh, too far for other like members of my team. Because, uh, you know, I think for me, like on the marketing and growth side, uh, we usually see it through our social media channels. Uh, yeah. we see it kind of like uh, almost like a branding and voice perspective. Usually it's yeah. like, yeah, we have this really heated customer. Um, and we're, we're at an early enough stage where I'm still jumping into some of these and giving my like sort of opinion on things. For sure. Uh, but, you know, if we get a really elevated customer with, you know, very specific use case, it's kind of like my team gets roped in into just like, okay, what's like the best sort of like public, you know, sort of um, yeah. I, I say like PR. Yeah, like the most PR and like most, you know, friendly way we can uh, kind of respond. And I think, you know, just I think for for other, you know, as a marketing professional, 
um, you know, there, there's a certain level of like, you, you kind of need to show that there is an acknowledgement of a customer's concern, but because of certain like privacy issues or like compliance and legal restrictions, you just can't get into it. With yeah, can't get in the weeds. Cash, right? Like, yeah, you, yeah, can't yeah. Weeds, you can't like give information about their accounts. Like you can't like fully just like completely satisfy a customer if they frankly just want to go to Twitter and like rant and, and just like get oh, into a public fight with you, right? So I think there's a, a certain balance that we have to strike, but I think at the end of the day, um, you know, our CF team again, just tries their best to kind of exhibit like, okay, we empathize, um, you know, give statements where it's like, hey, we hear you. If there's opportunities to say like, hey, we will relay your feedback, even though we can't, you know, necessarily resolve your issue on, at this point in time. Yeah. It's like, as long as they feel like they're being heard, um, there's at least like some recourse, right? It's, yeah. I think like we've all been in those situations where it's like, hey, I'm gonna you know, go complain or give some negative feedback for a product or a service. And you just get the feeling from certain responses that nothing will ever be done. It's like, yeah. it's just a piece of feedback that goes into a black hole, right? So, you know, I think there's there's a lot of like language crafting that my team does work around in terms of like, you know, even, even helping out with certain responses. Like, hey, look, like that is a little bit too sterile. Like maybe we could kind of move that towards like, just yeah. making the customer feel a little bit more heard. Um, so, you know, I think there's there's a lot of things um, kind of encompassed in that. I think um, actually, I'll actually draw a, away from Hatch for a second and mm -hmm. talk a little bit about my experience at Square at the account yeah. management team. Um, yeah. You know, I was on the, you know, account management and sales team over there pretty much like for a few, um, you know, a good chunk of time, like at least two years, I was on the phone day in and day out with customers. And, you know, uh, once in a while, I would just get a customer who's super heated about things. and. Um, it's one thing to, you know, obviously kind of handle that sort of uh, perspective and, and be able to work with somebody on the phone and be empathetic, but also not give like room yeah. in case, like you just can't do anything for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think like from um, like a team standpoint, it's actually really important. Um, I'll kind of rope in another thought here is that I actually do um, really uh, miss like the call center uh, and sort of like the call, floor, like a sales floor kind of like yeah. dynamic because yeah. you have a really rough call with um, somebody. Uh, it's just easy to like, you know, kind of swivel your chair really quick to your coworker and be like, man, that was super rough. And yeah, and yeah, yeah. Kind of the support. Yeah, and then you get a little bit of support from your team on that. You know? So I think like working remote definitely, uh, I'm sure, you know, is a little bit help, um, tough. Like I haven't had one of these calls in, in such a long time. So it's hard for me to comment on that. But yeah, yeah there's, there's the aspect of like, you know, how do you respond to the customer? And also it's like, or, um, you know, teammates were like doing this as, um, you know, one of their primary functions and helping to de-escalate situations. There's like a whole bunch of like things that you can do to kind of like help keep those people, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, happy is not the right word for it because you're never going to yeah. be happy about having to take a call like that or handle a situation like that. But there's, there's ways that you can be like, okay, like let's, let's kind of smooth this out and think about what we can take away from it. You know, like what was yeah, the psychology of it, how you diffuse yeah. a situation where the people don't have to be over the top happy and be, you know, looking to be, you know, to get yeah. you know, invited to your Christmas party, but at the end of the day, but at least you know how to like, once again, how do you handle it as a human being? I think that's, that's always the big part with customer service. I see this, you know, sometimes when you have these, you know, somebody's mad about something and you, these templated answers that they'll send you and it's like, man, that's just not like, you're not listening. Like, right. Yeah. Like, and that's, I think that's part of the problem is that we have this thing of like, oh, just respond. It's like, well, but let's think about how we respond, right? And and really take that evaluation of how do people, because humans, we're complicated people, right? And so there's not, we're not all in one 
we don't all act a certain way. And so I think you better be able to understand that that's a, a growth situation where things happen over time. You start to learn how to work with people a little differently and say different things. Thanks, Timothy. It's been an insightful conversation. I'm sure our listeners have learned a lot. For now, our time is up, but we'll continue the conversation next week. Thanks for listening and stay tuned.